Welcome to Full Disclosure. Every Wednesday morning here on the WMAY Morning News Feed, we check in with David Grising, President and CEO of the Better Government Association. This time uh, in the month of May, we should have plenty to talk about. But as usual, things are moving at a snail's pace at the State House right now with just days left in the legislative session and a lot of big issues still looming. Starting with ethics looming above everything else. David Grising, good morning. Welcome back. Good morning, Jim. Yeah, ethics really are uh, on the radar, although, as you point out, there's not nearly enough action just yet. So let's get an update on this. Uh, you know, again, uh, there's been uh, in recent days, we've had indications of a possible superseding indictment of the ongoing federal investigation of uh, various folks attached to former House Speaker Mike Madigan, maybe Madigan himself in the crosshairs. Uh, this is a cloud that's been looming over the state house for a long time, and yet efforts to put some real teeth into uh, ethics reform, lobbying laws, all these different areas. Areas where we could be tightening things up, it's just not moving very quickly. Why, uh, why, and how are lawmakers dragging their feet on this, David? Well, the most opportune moment probably came last spring, and that was in interrupted by COVID. And some of the momentum for reform seems to have petered out since then. You'll remember that during the fall, nothing got done. This ethics commission, joint ethics commission, never even publicly met. And now it's back to basically the committee system in the uh, state legislature. The leading bill is one sponsored by Senator Ann Gillespie. And it's really disappointing so far, Jim. Uh, its biggest reforms are a six-month uh, ban on on lawmakers going into lobbying. That's inadequate. It should be more like two years. That's what the BGA and other good government groups are, are backing. And then we're also looking closely at the, the, the legislative inspector general, which is a toothless uh, watchdog right now. And there's all kinds of opportunity to give the LIG independence, uh, an independent budget, the right to publish investigations without seeking permission from the legislature, other aspects that could easily be done. And it doesn't appear there's going to be anything done along those lines. Uh, so, so far, uh, that's the best and uh, not nearly good enough for the people of Illinois. David, I know another area that you and the BGA have been focused on is to uh, strengthen uh, disclosures of economic interest. Uh, lawmakers, elected officials do have to uh, fill out disclosure forms to give us some sense as to where uh, their money is coming from apart from their legislative paychecks. What's insufficient about it now and what would you like to see changed? Well, we would like to see disclosures of economic interest include basically all outside activities and also broaden the description of what what other kind of potential conflicts need to be disclosed. For example, if, if members of people's families are employed by uh, but not just uh, businesses and others with an interest before the legislature, but even consulting firms and lobby firms that work for those businesses, we would like to know the whole picture of the network of influence that has so much power down in Springfield. And really, there's no effort right now to enhance that kind of disclosure. Is there anybody emerging as a champion for these efforts who's going to step up and really try to uh, to push this home? We always have every year somebody who takes it upon themselves for a big push, whether it's uh, legalizing marijuana a couple of years back, expanding gambling, et cetera. Who's going to be the champion for ethics reform? Uh, you know, uh, we are searching far and wide, um, uh, and so far uh, not coming up uh, very happily. Um, 
Uh, you know, some people have made noise. Governor Pritzker himself uh, has said the right things in very broad terms, but really hasn't shown any leadership. If anybody's going to really get this done, it, it probably at this point needs to be Governor Pritzker. That's what the BGA and others have been saying over the last couple of weeks. And he's pretty much deferring, you know, referring everybody to his energy um, uh, uh, bill that, that does have some uh, ethics measures in it, but it's not a comprehensive bill, the likes of which Illinois is going to need. This is Full Disclosure with the Better Government Association every Wednesday morning here on the WMAY Morning News Feed. David, later today in Springfield, the governor will do a press briefing and we'll bring it to you in its entirety during our noon show today, uh, where he's going to lay out some more particulars about moving into the bridge phase of reopening on Friday, four weeks after that, if everything is still on track, a full reopening for the state. Uh, so let's uh, get a sense of, of that. What does that mean for Illinois? And also, uh, if you can talk about the uh, unexpected news the state got yesterday about the American Rescue Plan money, putting a, a big dent in the, the governor's fiscal plans. He had hoped to use some of that money to pay back some of the loans the state took out last year. And that's apparently not an option now. No, right. But I'm um, going first to the question of what the um, the bridge uh, uh, looks like. The, basically, the number to keep your eye on um, uh, in Illinois is 60 percent, because most of the venues, restaurants and other uh, public places that were closed to us, even offices, uh, in this bridge phase, we're going to see 60% uh, capacity, basically, uh, in front of us. And um, that's an important... Uh, that's important. It's a huge. It doesn't sound like that great, but it's a huge advance over what we've previously had. And then um, in restaurants, uh, it'll be in in like standing areas of a restaurant, uh, thirty percent capacity, uh, as well as parties inside can no, be no larger than uh, ten people at concerts. Uh, again, the per people per square foot measurement will be in place about 30 people per square foot. I guess they're going to have to have uh, people with uh, geometry degrees and um, and nose counters uh, monitoring these things. I don't know what the enforcement will be like, but nevertheless, uh, until June 11th, which is now the targeted go back to normal date, uh, these are the rules we're going to be living with. You know, and as a programming note, we'll be uh, talking to the uh, Sangamon County Director of Public Health later this afternoon, just after four o'clock, to talk some about uh, enforcement and how they'll deal with this wider reopening here. Uh, and obviously, again, a lot remains contingent on people continuing to be careful and hopefully to uh, to getting vaccinated. The state is about uh, one third of its residents now fully vaccinated. We're over 40 percent here in Sangamon County. So we're making some slow progress, uh, but still uh, a ways to go on. On that and David, if you can talk a little bit about the uh, the news that we can't use American Rescue Plan funds to repay those loans that were taken out last year at the height of the pandemic, that seems like that would be a major crimp in the governor's uh, fiscal hopes for this year. Oh, it's really an amazing setback for the state of Illinois. The governor Pritzker has been relying on this American Rescue Plan for about three to pay off about three point six billion dollars uh, that were borrowed by, from the federal treasury or the the Federal Reserve in order to um, help pay the bills, uh, help keep the state running during the height of the pandemic. That no longer will be an option. Now that money uh, still is expected to come in. Uh, there are just the Treasury Department is just putting limits on how that money is spent and. 
now it will be up to Governor Pritzker and his budgeters to look at ways that they can free out, spend money in places, freeing up cash that then probably could be distributed back toward paying down that Treasury borrowing. It's very important for the state's credit rating in particular that uh, Illinois uh, catch up with some of that borrowing, get rid of some of those obligations. Let's not forget, too, at the same time, the horrendous backlog of unpaid bills has actually been paid down quite aggressively by uh, controller Susanna Mendoza. So that could free up some cash that uh, previously was needed to go to uh, bills that were paid that, that were due might be distributed back toward paying down that Treasury debt. It was was uh, a strangely uh, ironic and somber note over the weekend, the uh, passing of architect Helmut Jan, uh, a, an acclaimed figure whose uh, probably best-known work may also be his most controversial, and it's one that is now an endangered landmark. Uh, it is on the auction block and is potentially on the chopping block, the James R. Thompson Center in Chicago. David, I know that you spent time in there, as have I, uh, and we talked about this before, but uh, is, is this a building that can or should be saved, or is this architecturally significant piece of office space in the heart of Chicago's loop definitely do? Doomed. Well, um, for, for starters, let's remember that Jan used to talk about this building as one that made him famous around the world, but despised within Chicago. Yeah. Because people just, uh, especially those who worked there, as you did, Jim, knew that in those first few years before they fixed the heating, it was like being cooked every day when you went to work. People actually had like one umbrellas around their desks to protect them from the sun and the heat that in that huge atrium. But um, the, his untimely death, his horrid death at, and in a bicycle accident uh, has given rise to a renewed push by preservationists to keep that building going, uh, keep that building alive. And um, I don't know if they can stop the intent of the city to sell it to a developer who almost certainly will tear it down. Uh, certainly the local alderman in Chicago wants that building torn down because the there's a feeling that you could put a hundred story skyscraper there. And obviously the tax revenue from that would be substantial. Um, I feel based on what I have seen so far developing that it's probably too late. But if ever it was going to be stopped, this could be the time. I wouldn't bet on it. I think the uh, James R. Thompson Center is going to be one of those so-called lost buildings of Chicago. Generations will grow up not looking at that 1970s vintage blue, red, and white exterior cladding. Uh, they'll be able to at least see it in a few motion pictures that were shot there back in the uh, in the 80s to get some idea uh, of what it was like. But boy, you would have had to really been in there to really fully understand why it was at times revered and at times loathed. Uh, before we let you go, Dave, we want to make sure we direct people to the Better Government Association website. You'll find very important uh, investigative work being done there, articles digging into uh, lots of, of issues that have direct impact on people's lives. And one in particular uh, that uh, you've been working on in recent weeks, we talked about part of it last week, uh, and more information continues to come out about uh, a Chicago hospital, Loretto Hospital, uh, that was uh, supposed to be playing a role in helping underserved populations get the COVID-19 vaccine. But that's not really how it played out in real life. So, David, give us the latest. 
Yeah, this gives you a view into how difficult it is to defend equity, not just here in Chicago, but across the state and, and across the country when it comes to distribution of vaccines. Back when vaccines were really hard to find and people were all jockeying, now they're not even finding enough people to take the shots in the arms. But let's put ourselves back at that time. Uh, these uh, vaccines were intended for people of the Austin community, a very poor community on Chicago's west side. It turned out, according to an audit that the BGA and Block Club Chicago obtained, only about 30% of the shots went to Austin residents. Austin is uh, almost 80% black, but only about fewer than 30% of the total shots went to black uh, recipients. Uh, a full 30% of the shots went to uh, white recipients, even though whites are very a small minority of people living in that area. And there was also the diversion of these shots to friends of people, executives of the hospital, 70 people at Trump Tower, for example, and 258 people at the church attended by the CEO of the hospital, George Miller. So there was a diversion of these scarce resources to insiders, to people uh, who were not of neighbors. And the it, it really is a, a bad example of mismanagement uh, that Loretto uh, is being held to account for. Uh, it's really a, one of the most despicable, frankly, uh, decisions that have been made so far as we know at, in this distributing vaccines across the state. Again, it's a very important read. You can find it at the Better Government Association website, where you'll also find a look at how the city of Chicago has gone to extraordinary lengths to uh, to try to evade its obligations under the law. Now, this, again, focuses on Chicago, although it's a scenario that plays out, I'm sure, uh, all across the state. Davis, tell us what you found about uh, Chicago attempting to uh, keep their uh, open records under wraps. Right. Well, we can tell you, Jim, that it's not just Chicago. The BGA fights for open records all across the state. And a law was passed uh, back around 2010 to penalize uh, government entities that don't respond to Freedom of Information Act requests. When they are sued now, uh, if they are fined for violation of the open records laws, the uh, government entity needs to pay the lawyers for the people who sue to obtain those records. And we found that in the city of Chicago has paid out since 2010, $2.4 million uh, for lawyers who are seeking records. I have to admit the BGA, uh, our lawyers receive some of that money because we do a lot of lawsuits in order to obtain records. Um, but under the Emanuel, great mayor Rahm Emanuel's administration, it was $1.7 million. Lori Lightfoot, the new mayor, has gotten a pretty good start in her two years. She's already paid out about $715,000 on these legal fees. It's mainly arising from the Chicago Police Department, which is is frankly an open record scoff law. Uh, we, we found in our study that in 21 of 29 cases in which the CPD paid fines, they offered no response whatsoever to a public records request. Did not respond. The and law requires David, them I'm to sorry. respond within five days. We're yeah, out of time. Go, go check it out. BetterGov.org and make sure you uh, see it there. And David, we'll talk next Wednesday morning here on Full Disclosure. Sounds good, Jim. Thanks.